me put uh, things in perspective, if, if that makes sense. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some statistics this morning to help uh, put uh, Christmas into perspective for you. According to the Garbage Magazine, Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know the garbage people had their own magazine, but they do. According to the garbage magazine, Americans used 28,497,464 rolls or sheets of wrapping paper. Okay. <clears throat> Almost 29 million rolls of wrapping paper. 16,826,362 packages of tags and bows. Now, I guess, you know, as I thought about it, I thought, okay, it makes sense that the garbage people would need to know these things. Okay, because they have to pick it all up. Okay. Now this one is staggering. Three hundred and seventy-two million four hundred and thirty thousand six hundred and eighty-four greeting cards. Anybody want to guess on how many Christmas trees? 35,200,000 Christmas trees. And all that goes in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> this 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 one, this this these statistics here uh, I found to be well, let, let me let me read it. From the start of November through the end of the year. So November 1st to December 31st. <clears throat> sales are forecast to grow 3.6% to 5.2% compared with the holiday season of 2019. According to the National Retail Federation, th that amount goes goes from 755.3 billion dollars to the expected by the end of December, which is in a couple days, 767 billion dollars in November and December. To help put this in perspective, I did the math. I thought, okay, again, you know, I, I love numbers. It, it helps me put things in perspective. So I divided the number of people on the face of the earth by the amount of money spent in two months. And that equals $101 per every person on the face of the earth. Now, th if you think about that, what percentage of people on the face of the earth will have no Christmas? 
it's a very large percentage. So that means that Christmas has gotten out of hand. I had a friend of mine, uh, <clears throat> I almost printed it and brought it in to read to you this morning, but it would be too lengthy. But <clears throat> he tells of his dad growing up in a coal mine uh, uh, company town uh, in West Virginia. And on Christmas Eve, when his dad was, uh, I want to, 12-ish, somewhere in there, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, his dad was about 12. His, his dad took all the money that the family had saved all year for Christmas and left on Christmas Eve. And when you live in company housing, if the male of the home is not working in the mill or in the, in the coal mine, uh, you were evicted. So my friend's dad and his two brothers had to go to work in the coal mine so they didn't become homeless. And here we are spending crazy amounts of money at Christmas time. Christmas has gotten out of pers out of focus. There you go. Our our theme this year. I want to. Last week I, I I preached a message entitled "The Simplicity of Christmas," and. <clears throat> This morning we're going to go back to the idea of this, just the simplicity of Christmas. And it's not going to be a, in fact, <clears throat> you, you, you may again walk out of here like last week and say, wow, okay, I already knew all that. And, and that's fine. But we need to be reminded of these things. About three or four weeks ago, I read an article entitled, the wrong three kings. You know that you know the story. Uh, we three kings of Orient are. Da, 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 da. You know I don't know. I you don't want me singing. Um, why is it? Where's that tick coming from? Okay, let me let me move this. Excuse me. I I need to redirect something here. Is that better? Okay. <clears throat> Hopefully it'll cut down on that. Um, anyway, uh, it, 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 uh, it, it, the, the title was uh, the, the Wrong Three Kings. So I want to read you a, a, just a small quote out of this article. Uh, <clears throat> These kings are not in charge. They are not the wisest. They are selfish. They gen generally lead me into trouble and away from my in, uh, in, intentions. In fact, you have the same three tugging at your heart, trying to lead you down the wrong path. Who are these three kings? Me, myself, and I. 
when I when I read that <clears throat> article, I, I'll like honestly, all I could say was, "Ouch!" Because are we not all guilty of that? Mm-hmm. So, the article though created within me a desire to go back again and study the real kings in Scripture. So that's what we're going to do this morning. Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and following. It says, And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star uh, in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king uh, had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he gathered all the chief priests and scribes uh, of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him in Bethlehem of Judah, For thus it is written by the prophets, And thou Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had uh, privately called the wise men, Uh, inquired of them diligently what the star, what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when they, and when ye have found him, bring him word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it was uh, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they had come in to the house, <clears throat> they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for for the word of God that can help us and guide us and grow us into what you want us to be. So very thankful for all that you do. We ask that you would bless this time together, bless your word, for it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Now one of the, you know, the, you know, the, the, the song uh, calls these, uh, these guys uh, kings, you know, we three kings. Uh, actually, uh, the word wise men that is used here in chapter 2 of Matthew uh, is the word magi, which means astrologer. They were not kings in the sense that we think of kings, 
but they were kings in the sense that they were important people. Uh, they were wealthy, wealthy men. They were astrologers, uh, very well-educated uh, uh, men. But th- there is a couple of false images about the wise men or the magi or kings, whatever you want to call them. There are some false uh, images th- that I, I want to kind of address here right out of the gate. First off is how many of them were there? Um, uh, uh, in your in your uh, uh, th- 300-and-some million uh, <laughs> uh, Christmas cards, or, or, or billion or whatever, however many, I forget now. Um, but on the Christmas cards, it always shows three, right? Um, I hate to tell you this, but it, it wasn't three. Uh, chances are really, really good. It was, it was many, uh, many magi. Uh, it was not just three. Uh, I, I'm assuming the reason why they always picture three is because of the three gifts. I, 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 that's the only thing I can come up with. But chances are there were many, many, many of, of these uh, magi that made the trip. Uh, another false image is uh, <clears throat> the magi were present at his birth. Uh, again, that's that's not accurate. Uh, uh, we we know this because <clears throat> when did the star appear? The the star appeared at his birth, and they were way off. And I'll t- we'll talk more about this probably in the country of Iraq when the star appeared. So. Uh, when the Magi find him in verse 16, uh, look, look at verse 16. It says, uh, Then Herod, when he saw that, they, uh, that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth uh, to slew all children that were in Bethlehem and all uh, the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which had uh, diligently inquired of the wise men. So chances are really, really, really good he was about two years old because that is the age group in which Herod ordered the children to be killed, two years old and and younger. The uh, Magi, uh, as we read, did not find him in the manger. They found him in a house. And he was no longer a baby. It says that he was a young child. So he, the, the 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 wise men, were not present at the birth of Christ. So when you see the manger scenes and all that, you, you know, I I I'm not going to crucify anybody who has a manger scene with wise men in it. Uh, the truth is, if you come to my house, you'll see one of those. Uh, uh, I I. I don't, my wife always puts it up, I don't. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, just so that you know, the, the, the wise men were not there. So, <clears throat> the title of my message is The Kings, just simply The Kings. I want to focus on these, these individuals for, for a little bit, but I want to talk about specifically two things about them. Number one, who were they? Who are they? Uh, uh, and then the second thing is, why did they come? 
And, and it's, again, going back to the simplicity of the Christmas story. Who were these people and why did they come? So, point number one, who are they? Who are they? Uh, based on the fact that they were from the East, most scholars and theologians believe that they were uh, from the land that was formerly known as Babylon, uh, which is uh, actually is modern-day Iraq today. So they <clears throat> made the trip. That's where they initially, uh, where where they were initially from, the Babylonian, uh, the remnants of the Babylonian Empire, uh, which again is modern-day Iraq. So. <clears throat> Why is it so important that we understand where they came from? And this is where it gets a little technical, but please hang with me and hopefully it'll make sense. It's important we understand why they were from the remnants of Babylon. And it all goes back to a guy named Daniel. Daniel was a a guy that lived about 600 years before the birth of Christ. And Babylon, Babylon, the Babylonian Empire conquered Israel and took all the wise young men out of Israel and brought them into the Babylonian Empire to reprogram them, if you would, to be Babylonian, uh, smart Babylonian men, okay? I I know this sounds a little um, strange to our culture today, but that's what, uh, uh, when when, uh, an empire would conquer another empire, they would take all the, the smart people from that empire, bring them into their own, and educate them in their, uh, in their, uh, school systems, if you would, and raise them up to be Babylonian. The, the problem is with Daniel is Daniel never allowed himself to become a Babylonian. He, he lived in that, in that influence, but he, he never forgot that he was Jewish. Important. So, and again, I want to I can't go back and tell the entire story just because we would be here till about six o'clock tonight. But I do want to <clears throat> whet your appetite enough that you go back and read about Daniel because Daniel was an, had, a, had a, a, just an incredible influence in the Babylonian Empire, but yet never forgot that he was a Jew never forgot that he was a child of the Almighty God. And because of that, God was able to use Daniel in just absolutely incredible ways. And one of the things that Daniel is famous for is when King Nebuchadnezzar had a troubling dream, Daniel was able to interpret the dream. When no other magi when no other magicians or all the wise men of babylon nobody could interpret the dream but god gave the interpretation to daniel and daniel then went in and interpreted the dream to the king 
And Daniel chapter 2 and verse 48. Then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many uh, great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and the chiefs uh, of the governors over all the wise men of Babylon. So Daniel, because he never forsook God, and he always remembered where his strength and wisdom came from. God was able to use him in a great way. Now, who can tell me Daniel's three friends, the name of the three? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were the three guys that were thrown into the fiery furnace. They too, they too were faithful followers of the one God. And... <clears throat> Between Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel, they did incredible things within a very pagan empire. And God used them greatly. But God specifically used Daniel because of his position and his influence. Later, God used Daniel. If you go back and, and read the book of Daniel, you'll see a lot of prophecy in the book of Daniel. And God used Daniel to talk about things to come. And because of Daniel's reputation and his influence, and the fact that he had been placed over all the wise men of Babylon, Daniel was kind of like the the ultimate magi, if you would. All the other magi that came even 600 years later, all went back to the writings of Daniel. And, and, they, and they just absorbed the, Daniel, the writings of Daniel. So, <coughs> excuse me, the Magi for centuries were watching for the star. Okay, now Daniel, to my knowledge, doesn't necessarily reference a star, but he does talk about the coming Messiah. So you got to understand, these were very, very intelligent men, these kings. So not only did Daniel give them what we call the book of Daniel, but Daniel also gave them the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. So the wise men for 600 years had been studying the writings of Daniel plus the Old Testament. So when the star appears, they know immediately what it means. In Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 to 26, it says, Now, excuse me, no Therefore, and understand that from the uh, going forth of the commandments to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem unto the uh, Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and three score and two weeks. The streets shall be built again and the walls, even the trouble, uh, tr- uh, troublous times. And after uh, three score and two weeks, shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, 
and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the world, excuse me, the end of the war, desolation and uh, are determined. So here is just a snippet of some of the prophecy that Daniel had that these wise men, these magi had been studying for over 600 years. Again, they would have had the Old Testament as well. Numbers chapter 24 and verse 17. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall smite the corners of Moab, and destroy all the children of sheep. Genesis chapter 49 and verse 10. And the, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet, until Shiloh uh, uh, come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Again, the scepter is, a, is, a, is always talking in reference to an earthly king. So again, the, 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 and then it obviously in Numbers chapter 24 talks about the star. So the, the magi, these astrologers, these wise men knew all of this information. So again, immediately when they saw the star, it identified the coming Messiah that would come out of the tribe of Judah. With the help of Daniel's writings and the Old Testament, these wise men, when the star appeared, they made the journey to meet with the king of the Jews, the long-awaited Messiah. Can you imagine the excitement amongst the Magi who had been waiting for over 600 years, passed down from generation to generation, and finally it had come. They had been waiting for 600 years for the Messiah, the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecies. Now it was time to take the journey. Now, they didn't just jump in their, their, their minivans and <laughs> head on over to, 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 uh, to find the star. What did they have to do? Well, they had to walk. But what they more than likely what they had to do is they had to probably get all the Magi together. They probably had a big conference to make sure, okay, hey, this is what we think it is. So then once they determined that it is that you know that all the writings of Daniel were, were correct, then they had to gather all of their families and their entourages, and then they had to decide on the gifts that they were going to bring the king. So when you consider the fact that you had multiple magi, you had all of their families, and they had a very precious cargo that they were going to be transporting, 
more than likely, they had a military escort to go along to protect the cargo and to protect this huge uh, caravan as it made its way from Iraq to uh, Israel. It's no wonder it took two years. Just, just the trip itself. But then you, you add the complexity of this huge caravan and all the food and all the supplies that would have to go along to sustain this, this very large group of people. Uh, they, they couldn't move very fast. It would be, it would be a very, very slow-moving procession across the desert. That's why it took so long. So that answers the question, who are they? Number two, <clears throat> why did they come? And this is really where I want to spend a little bit of time. Look at verse 11. Verse 11 answers the question, why did they come? And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. In verse 1 of chapter 2, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judah in those days, Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to what? Worship him. See, the reason they came was not to visit the king. They came to worship the king. There's a big difference here. It was not unusual in, in any stretch of the imagination that when a new king took over the, the, the realm, if you would, it was very usual for other kings and kingdoms to send representatives to congratulate them, to give them a gift or something, and just say, "Hey, good job," you know, you know, whatever, whatever they did. But they never came to worship them. And when Herod hears that they came to worship them, Herod got worried because it's it's reasonable to understand that the Messiah had been born now. He understood what who the Messiah was because Herod <clears throat> had heard about the, the the Messiah. Every Jew for centuries still talk about the Messiah. So Herod had to know, and then now all of a sudden, this huge entourage, this huge caravan comes into uh, uh, the, the the capital city. And, and Herod say, sees this huge caravan, and he's like, okay, why are these people here? And they say, hey, we're here to worship the Messiah, the King of the Jews. Well, what is Herod going to do? Herod's going to freak out a little bit because he thinks he's the king. And these wise men didn't come to worship him. They came to worship the Messiah. And he wants to kill the Messiah. 
we see an example of gift giving to kings in 1 Kings chapter 10 with a uh, lady called the Queen of Sheba uh, to Solomon. In, in 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 10, it says, And she gave the king 120 uh, <clears throat> uh, talents of gold and of spices, very great store of precious stone. There came uh, much more uh, such abundance of spices as these, which the queen of Sheba gave unto King Solomon, but she never came to worship Solomon. She came to worship, or they came to worship the king. Now, in verse 11, we see three gifts that they bring. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So, Let's talk about these three gifts because these three gifts are very significant. <clears throat> they chose these three gifts very carefully and deliberately. The first one, gold. Gold. By presenting him with gold, they were acknowledging him as the king of the Jews. They even called him the king of the Jews. At his death on the cross, what was the sign that was put over his head? King of the Jews. In Luke chapter 23, verse 38, and the uh, subscription, uh, uh, superscription, <clears throat> excuse me, also was written over him in the letters of the Greek, Latin, and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews fulfilling Daniel's prophecy over 600 years earlier and supporting the very allegations that the wise men made in Matthew chapter 2, that Jesus was the king of the Jews. Okay, so we, we see the gold. Next we see frankincense. And this is, this is one that, I find very interesting. Frankincense is an incense that, <clears throat> when it is burned, is representative of prayer. So this would speak of the fact that by giving them, by giving him frankincense, they were acknowledging him as priest. <clears throat> so Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 to 16. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, not only is he a high priest, but he is the great high priest that is passed into heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was at all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we see the gold and the frankincense speaks of the fact that he was king, that he was priest, and then we have myrrh. And myrrh is something that we all, we've talked about before, but myrrh is a fragrant perfume that was used to embalm the dead. 
because the you know back then they didn't they didn't bury like we bury you know today they would put them in 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 tombs and the as the bodies would rot the smell that would come out of the tombs was just horrible so they would put uh, they would put myrrh in in there with the dead to help cover the smell of the decaying bodies <clears throat> so by presenting him with myrrh they were acknowledging the purpose of his coming the fact that he had come to give his life he came to die we sang about it this morning born to die in first john chapter 3 and verse 16 whereby or excuse me hereby uh, uh, perceive we the love of god because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren Galatians chapter 1 and verse 4, who gave himself for our sin, that he might uh, deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. And Luke chapter 19 and verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The myrrh represented the purpose of his coming. Very, very specific gifts, very expensive gifts, but very important gifts. The gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. When you put all three of these gifts together, it, it is clear <clears throat> that they knew exactly who he was and why he was coming. And the only way that they would know that is because of Daniel. Earlier I read part of an article from The Wrong Three Kings. Me, myself, and I. That's where the majority of people in our world today live. I, I was somewhat taken back yesterday. Uh, my wife and I my wife had bought me a puzzle. Actually, there were four puzzles in the, in the box. And uh, she was telling me, hey, you know what? We could take it back and exchange it because there was this there. So we thought, you know what? Uh, we were going into town anyway, so uh, we, we were going to exchange it for the other one because I thought it would be, anyway, not, anyway. Uh, we, were, we were in a store, and <clears throat> every kid that I saw, and I, 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 I would say, in the in the five or ten minutes that I was actually paying attention to little kids, every little kid that I saw in that ten minute span was grabbing for for more stuff, screaming and hollering because moms and dads were not letting them have them. Every kid. Now I I know that that's just a small snapshot of a of a larger picture, and that not every kid is like that. But it just, it was stunning to me because I know that every one of those kids the day before had been given all kind of stuff, but yet they still wanted more. And I, I stood there in Marshalls and God said, you are no different. And I said, yes, I am. I just, 
And he says, no, you're not. (laughs) Here I am standing in Marshalls having an argument with God. That's about a stupid thing, right? But you know what? He's right. The only difference is I don't throw little temper tantrums that people can see. but it's in the heart. Me, myself, and I. So, what can we learn from the right three kings or the the correct three kings? Or, or, no, let me rephrase that, the correct kings, because there weren't three. What can we learn from the kings that we 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 just read about? Number one, Jesus must be king in your life. He is the king. He has to be king in your life. Number two, he is your high priest. He is the one who goes between you and God and settles the, 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 the guilt of sin in your life. He is the one that does that. He is the, he is the king. He is the priest. And he is the Savior. He came to die. Have you acknowledged Jesus Christ as your Savior? See, by, by bringing these gifts, that was exactly what these, what these wise men were doing. They were acknowledging him as king, as priest, and as Savior of the world. What an incredible but simple reminder of what Christmas is all about. This Christmas, because it's not over yet. I mean, the day may be here, but we're still, are we not still in the season of Christmas? This Christmas, we need to worship Him. We need to know why He came. He came to die for you and for me. That, to me, is an incredibly precious gift. All we need to do is accept that gift. 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Christ Jesus the righteous. And he is the perfect propitiation excuse me oh he is the propitiation for our sin and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world what are you doing with jesus this christmas is he a babe in a manger or is he the king priest and savior of the world see if if jesus is just a babe in the manger then he'll never change your life. But if you will acknowledge him as king, priest, and savior, he can change your life. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, I am truly, truly thankful for all that you do. And Lord, as we close our service, I ask that you would speak to our hearts that you would encourage us to understand 
who Jesus was and why he came. The three kings are the the three the kings represented in Matthew chapter two give us a wonderful picture of not only who he was, but why he came. I'm so very thankful for your love, for the work that you do in our lives. Help us, dear God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you, is God working in your heart this morning? Could be that someone here this morning would say, Pastor, you know, the, the, the truth is I've allowed this Christmas season to get out of hand, to get out of control in my life. And I need to bring it back into perspective. That, that could be you. If that's you, if you could raise your hand, I'll pray for you because it's easy to do. Amen. Could be someone here would say, you know, Pastor, that the, the reality is I, I, I like the kings that uh, the magi that came out of out of babylon or or modern day iraq as as they did i need to acknowledge him as king priest and savior in my life i need i need a savior he's no longer a babe in a manger he is my savior if that's you and you say pastor would you pray for me that i might be saved i need to get saved if that's you I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand and I'll pray for you. Anybody else? Amen.